Welcome to Legally Speaking, a podcast from the Utah Attorney General's Office. Here, we will be discussing matters of policy and justice, cases that our office is taking on, hot topics in Utah and in the world. But of course, it will all be done legally speaking. If you've ever heard of Forever Chemicals, you will after this podcast. Welcome to Legally Speaking. I'm Richard Pyatt. Joining me today is Craig Anderson. We're both from the Utah Attorney General's Office. Craig is the Division Director for the Environment, Health, and Human Services section of the Utah Attorney General's Office. So, Craig, this Forever Chemicals sounds kind of looming. Would you tell us a little bit more about what that is and how it... Uh, well, why don't you tell us about more what it is? I, okay, I will. Um, there are several classes of uh, forever chemicals. They're essentially referred to by an acronym PFAS, P-F-A-S, or PFOS, P-F-O-S. And these are uh, chemicals that uh, are highly stable in the environment and they have a tendency to bioaccumulate in the body. But They're, let me interrupt you for a second. The bottom line is they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're probably some looming around in your body. So the reason they were doing this podcast is to let you know that we're, our office is working on um, potential litigation to act in people's interest uh, about these chemicals. Right. Um, but I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I, I right. wanted to make this relevant to the people that are, that are watching really fast. So anyway, these chemicals are, um, they're are chemically... Stable. Tough cookies. Yeah, they're very stable, they're persistent, and they're used in a wide range of products that everyone comes into contact with. They're used in uh, Teflon cookware, uh, they're used in chemical treatments uh, to uh, treat upholstery and carpeting. So to make them stain resistant. Stain resistant. They're used in uh, aqueous foams for firefighting, mm -hmm. high temperature fires like aircraft fires, uh, auto fires, or even forest fires. And it, it was sort of interesting because we were talking or, or, um, at another uh, time, it's the stuff that's inside the bags of your microwave popcorn that keeps the, you know, the ingredients from sticking to the to the sides of the bag. Exactly. Right? So it's, it's, it's kind of like sneaking its way into your food too. Right, right. It's in pizza boxes, uh, pre-prepared foods that are in plastic trays, um, just a, a whole variety of products. So what if you get it into your body, do we know what it does? Uh, it doesn't sound like it could be good. And the first thing that comes to my mind is potential cancer risk. There's a, there is a cancer risk. It's known to be uh, an endocrine dis disruptor, which affects hormones. Uh, it's linked to um, uh, high blood pressure, uh, bioaccumulation in, in organs, which can create uh, a variety of different health conditions. Um, and, you know, it's, it's currently the subject of um, much evaluation and discussion. Um, again, as with you know anything that we're exposed to, there are always certain risks of exposure, um, and knowing the where that exposure threshold is in terms of you know how much of the material you need to be exposed to to develop a problem is always a kind of an. And it's in the water too, in some cases. It is, and 
the, the pathway for getting into water is that, again, it's, it's a very persistent chemical. Uh, it's used in some industrial products like hydraulic fluids, uh, different uh, manufacturing uh, fluids, and so it can be disposed of uh, in a landfill or something like that as a byproduct of a process. Um, also, as we noted, if you ingest this material, which again is ubiquitous, it passes through your body, so it goes into wastewater. Mm -hmm. uh, our wastewater treatment processes aren't uh, uh, sophisticated enough to take it out of the wastewater, gotcha. so as a result, it can end up in uh, uh, groundwater or surface water. Okay. So again, this is early, any kind of potential litigation, it's still early. Are we still trying to establish how big of a problem uh, forever chemicals are in Utah, or do we already know a little bit? We, we, know, we do know a little bit, and you know, in terms of uh, use of this material in Utah, the primary source uh, is in aqueous uh, firefighting foams. Okay. Um, there have been some uh, uh, releases uh, at the airports uh, where firefighting foams are used, uh, also in uh, forest fire suppression. Um, the um, uh, Department of Environment. That red stuff that comes out of the plane? Is that what That's that it. is? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the um, uh, Department of Environmental Quality has done some uh, testing of public drinking water systems in Utah. And uh, so far, uh, the good news is that the detection levels um, have not identified anything significant in any of the regulated public drinking water systems. However, it has been found at detect levels in uh, some of the campground water systems. Mm. And that's believed to be uh, where uh, these water systems are in the vicinity of forest fires uh, that may have, you know. Oh, well, that's kind of disturbing. So this sounds like it's got the potential to be pretty big, a pretty big issue, even though we're a bunch of question marks right now Right. Eventually, this sounds like it could be something, since everyone's involved, that could be a significant health issue for people. Is it? Does it have that potential? Let me just ask that. You know, it may be uh, uh, a little bit premature to evaluate what the you know the potential risk to the general public would be. There is a very high concern uh, about that risk. However, uh, there have been a number of lawsuits. Uh, that have been filed across the country. There were about 3,000 lawsuits that were um, consolidated in a multi-district litigation in South Carolina that are currently pending. Um, again, they're all based on uh, uh, essentially tort claims related to um, impacts on public drinking water systems where those systems have had to implement uh, uh, really stringent treatment processes to take the materials out of the drinking water. Okay. Um, there have also been some products, liability claims. Um, there uh, was an action that was filed by um, uh, some airline flight attendants and gate agents 
related to uh, uniforms uh, that were uh, provided by the airlines. Oh, that, is that the, 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 purple, the purple Delta uniforms that's that people correct. were wearing? Right. Had that in it, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think it was irritating people's skin. That's why they discontinued them. That's correct. Yeah, it was a skin irritant. Um, some of the uh, employees were complaining of headaches, nausea, other types of uh, uh, yeah. problems aside from the irritation. Okay, so was it falling on you to research this? to see or to recommend to the Attorney General if Utah should join some litigation if it happens? We've been uh, following the uh, uh, PFAS litigation for about, uh, about five years now. And, uh, you know, the, again, our tie is to the Department of Environmental Quality. And, uh, you know, up to this point, again, their sampling hasn't really indicated a um, an impact to public water systems in Utah. However, last Tuesday, uh, the Environmental Protection Agency issued a rule uh, to uh, public water systems under the Safe Drinking Water Act, which requires treatment uh, at a level of um, four parts per trillion, which is a really, really, really Hmm. High threshold. Yeah, that is, sounds. It sounds like it. And a trillion. I, yeah. Anything with trillion in it sounds high. It's that's always a big number for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that the testing that was done by DEQ uh, earlier was at a, at a level about of about seventy parts per trillion. And again, when you're talking that level of magnitude, it's very very difficult for laboratory equipment to detect this stuff. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. So at this point, it's just an education process about finding out what it is, what the potential harms could be, and maybe right. even mitigation if we, uh, you know, for example, with the Delta uniforms, stop wearing them. Right. You're, you're, exactly. You're able to fix it. Okay. Well, Craig, thanks for an early heads up on this uh, on this issue. PFAS and P PFOS. PFOS. Yes. Okay. And uh, do you feel like taking a crack at Saying those? <laughs> well, for uh, PFAS, it's uh, uh, perfluorooctanic acid. Um, the uh, PFAS is even more attenuated. It's per perfluorooctanic sulfonic acid. Okay. It's a mouthful. Okay. It's so we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Craig, thanks for joining us today. This is Legally Speaking. I'm Richard Pyatt. We'll see you next time.